Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. He said in a certain city there was a judge who had no fear of God and no respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while the judge said he waited, put it off, refused to help her. Then he thought to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anybody, though this woman keeps bothering me, I'll grant her justice so that she won't wear me out by continually coming. And Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will grant them justice quickly. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. I told first service, I thought pretty seriously about getting an actual soapbox out for this morning's message, and you will perhaps understand why in a minute. Last week, I preached something about John Lennon and the song Imagine, arguably Lennon's most well-known, most beautiful creation. It's full of what seem like pie-in-the-sky hopes and dreams about what the world would and could and should be like if humanity can ever get its act together. No countries, no possessions, nothing to kill or die for, you remember. No room for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man, all the people sharing, all the world, living as one, living in peace, yada, yada, yada. Sadly, I feel like we have yada, yada, yada right over all of that. Goodness and grace and beauty and hope just in the last week for a lot of reasons. Since last Sunday, I learned about Kanye West going viral for promising by way of Twitter to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. On Sunday, recordings leaked of the Los Angeles City Council President Nuri Martinez griping and gossiping on a hot mic about another city council member, Mike Bonin, a white guy who has a black son. Martinez said something about Bonin treating his black son like an accessory and that the child looked or acted like a monkey. Then on Tuesday, every family in our school district right here in New Palestine got an email letting us know that allegations were made by students and coaches up at Pike High School that one of the girls on our volleyball team had behaved inappropriately during a match on the other side of town. If it's true, this child took what the LA City Council president did to the next level. She teased and taunted and tried to humiliate her black peers to their faces, in public, on their home court, by mimicking a monkey. 
imagine. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. And then he tells this story about a nagging, persistent, importunate widow. Importunate's the word they use in my grandma's Bible. This widow was nagging and persistent about the justice she craved in ways that weren't well received or welcomed or respected or acknowledged as far as we can tell. Had she been any of those things, welcomed, respected, acknowledged, listened to, she wouldn't have had to keep coming back, right? She wouldn't have had to be such a nag or so importunate or so persistent, would she? And she was nagging a judge looking for justice, even though this particular judge, we're told, couldn't have cared any less about her concerns. He had no fear of God, and he had no respect for people either. But he gives her justice. He gives her what she asks for just to get her off his back, just to remove her from his docket, just to get her out of his hair and out of his business. And Jesus seems to be saying that if a corrupt, uncaring, unjust, faithless judge like that can be made to do the right thing every once in a while, then we should trust and expect the God of all creation to respond with goodness and grace just the same and without delay to the prayers of justice we can all continue to offer day after day after day. Well, I expect it, the justice, I trust it will come. I have faith that God's good for it in the end. But it's the delay that gets me. The waiting. And Jesus suggesting that justice is going to come quickly. Which is why I'm here on my proverbial soapbox yet again. That's pretty awkward and uncomfortable, I have to admit. To play the role of the nagging, persistent, importunate widow again this morning. See, I get accused of beating this anti-racism stuff into the ground. People wonder if I really need to keep talking about this. People ask me if I really think it's such a problem, the problem that I and others make it out to be. And this week, from near and far, I was reminded that it is indeed. But if you still don't believe me, I would encourage you to ask your Jewish friends and neighbors and co-workers what a tweet like Kanye West's does to them, especially if they or their children or their neighbor's kids love and listen to his music, which they very likely do. And then watch that PBS documentary I mentioned last week too called The U.S. and the Holocaust. And I would say, too, listen to the pain in Mike Bonin's voice, that L.A. city councilman with the black son, when he describes what's happened to his child and to his family. He said those racist, hurtful, hateful words about his kid cut, and they stung him. And because he's a white man, he said, I know that I can never really know or comprehend or feel the weight of the daily relentless racism anti-black racism that my son is going to face 
But man, I know the fire that you feel when someone tries to destroy black boy joy. He said it feels like a rage to him. And I would say listen to the girls up at Pike High School and their parents. And imagine what it must be like to welcome that ugliness into your own backyard. To become another one of those stories on the evening news, in the local paper, in their ever-present inescapable world of social media in which our young people live these days. And to know so many people are going to minimize and dismiss and doubt and deny the truth of what they experienced there. And I would say, imagine what it must feel like to be one of the very few black kids in our town who has to show up for class tomorrow after fall break in light of all of this. And I would suggest that in just these three examples taken from local and national news over the course of just one week, without trying hard to find it, that we see how this sin of racism permeates so many levels and layers of our lives. Entertainment. And it's entertainment for and by a younger generation than mine, which we all pretend is supposed to be evolving beyond this. Politics. By a woman, and a woman of color, and a Democrat in arguably the most liberal state in the Union. And athletics, something as important in the lives of young people and families in our culture as anything else these days. And education, one place besides church where we would and could and should be teaching our kids more and better and differently about all of this, in my opinion. And I'm glad to know our schools have been and continue to be working on this, I have to say. But it's everywhere. And it's not going anywhere. All on its own, that is clear. You cannot drive into New Palestine from east on US 40 or from west on US 52 without seeing a Confederate flag on most days. There are people who have hung nooses in trees as Halloween decorations in my neighborhood. And there are people who tell me this is not something I need to keep harping on. So thinking about today's gospel, and Jesus' parable about our need to pray always and not lose heart seems like all we have left sometimes are our prayers and our persistence and whatever hope we can muster when it comes to fighting the racism among us. We keep talking about it. We keep coming forward to acknowledge and to educate about it. We keep preaching and teaching and speaking out against it. We stop it when we see it. We don't allow it to live and move and breathe in our presence for one more moment. 
And I'm praying that if you don't have the courage or the conviction or the energy, if you don't have the passion or the patience or the hope enough to be persistent about this injustice from where you sit, that at least you will listen to and you will allow those who do to do their work and pray for them in the meantime so that someone might hear it, so that those with the power to respond might do something different for a change, whether they want to or understand why or mean it or not, so that justice might be granted finally, so that change will come finally, so that when the Son of Man shows up, he might finally, finally, finally find faith on earth. Amen.